Welcome to Books, Brass, and Booze. This is your host, Jamie. And Monica. Hello, hello. Hello, friends. Welcome back. This month of May, with our book to movie, we are doing Dune. Oh my gosh, Dune. <laughs> so, Monica, why don't you tell us quickly why you chose Dune? Well, I really liked the movie, and I did not really like the book the first time I read it. And so watching the movie made me interested to read the book again, and I'm really glad that I did. Yay! I uh, had read it about four years ago, and the first time I was like, not impressed. It's long. It's really long. I love long books, though. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the opposite. I'm like, I like a quick read. I I like being able to read a book in a week. Uh, read two books in a week. That's great. All right. So I wrote up some questions for us. And the first question I have for you is, how did you feel about the pace of the book and the author's writing style? Well, I think the first time I read it, my problem that I had with the book was that I was confused. <laughs> I there's feel... a lot going on. There's a lot of characters. There's a lot of moving pieces. And there's a lot of things going on on these alien planets that we don't know about that's not really like explained very well. And you, you're just like thrown right into the middle of it with not a lot of explanation, I felt like. And yes, there was a lot of characters, lots of different names. It was hard for me to keep them straight. And um, yeah, I really did not like it at all. But after watching the movie the second time I read it, much better. Did not have any problems, thought it was great. I, I felt the, the book was pretty slow. Until the very end. And then it's like the end, so much happens all at once. And I was like, could we have stretched that out? (laughs) Throughout this very long book. Big setup. (laughs) It was like huge setup. And like quickly, quickly, quickly. And then done. I was like, really? This is the end? I'm like, huh. So I I felt he could have have worked through some of that a a bit better. So... Uh, The second question I have is, as a first-time reader, the beginning of each chapter is a quote from Princess Irulan. At the end of the book, you find out that she's a non-player character in the novel. She only serves as one role at the very end. What was the purpose of these quotes the author added for each chapter? And do you think they served as he intended? Well, I'm not entirely sure what he intended. I feel like it gave the story... Of like what we're reading is like peeking into history. Like like this was somebody who was in the know with a big historical event. And so we were granted access to this, to this story. This inside part of the story. Um, I feel like it made the event seem like more noteworthy and impressive as they were happening. Before you really know what's happening. Because it is, it's like her memoirs and from, you know, all these historical sources. So you're like, oh, these are like pretty big deal characters. So I feel like it more set the tone than anything. So I have a friend who is a huge Dune fan. Huge. And uh, I posed this question to them as well. And their response was, the book was written uh, and published in 1965. And this is just after the Mad Men era. So it's a predominantly patriarchal society that we live in. 
and um, the main characters are all men, but the women are the ones who hold all the real power. They're the ones that are, you know, have all the plans for everything, and that bringing the focus of this princess before each chapter sort of brings your focus back to a woman. I love it. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. And then he was like, uh, she didn't have anything because she had this fake marriage where she doesn't get to contribute anything. So all of her um, interests, so to speak, um, lie in the writing of this history. Very interesting. So <clears throat> I was like, yeah, well, that makes it a little bit more interesting. Because I was like pretty ticked off. I'm like, why are you telling me this? I don't want to know this. <laughs> You're giving away secrets. <laughs> Don't tell me about the doctor. Just shush, woman. <laughs> I like to be surprised while I'm reading. I mean, like, I predict so much while I'm reading that I like to be surprised. I yeah, she fun. did give a little bit away, didn't she? Yeah. 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 I was like, damn it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> In the novel, Paul is the main character. However, he was rather flat, and most of his insights are gained through... His mother, Lady Jessica. I did not read that right. I'm sorry. <laughs> How are the women in the novel presented? So the women in the novel are a strange mix of powerful and traditional. They are very subservient to their traditional roles. Like they know what's expected of them. But they do, like you said, they have this underlying power and control of things Um that they, they really do steal the show, I thought. Lady right. Jessica was my favorite character in the book. Yeah. I just loved her. I loved her, too. She was also my favorite. She I felt she was the most complex character. She was very complex. And she seemed to develop more than the other ones did. Mm -hmm. But I liked how at the beginning she was like, yes, I had this on, and yeah, I wasn't supposed to train them, but oh, well. Right. <laughs> yeah, She so she kind of stepped out of what was expected of her in all ways, like in her Benny Jesseret responsibilities and just as a mother. And she took a lot of risks, I guess. Yeah. 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 I liked her. Yeah. It was, the whole book was all her fault though. Like, <laughs> Damn it, woman. We would have just listened and followed the breeding program like they had planned out all along. I'm going to be reading this monstrosity. But no. <laughs> but now like, here we are. I got to give him a boy. He wants a boy. Fine. Oh. Give him a boy. <laughs> ah, speaking of breeding. Eugenics, our selective breeding, is a large portion of the Ginny Bezzeret religious focus. Did you feel the portrayal of eugenics in the book is accurate response to the field in the future? How did you feel when Paul said... They didn't realize their ultimate goal was jihad. So I honestly thought of their breeding program as not to like breed a society, but to simply breed their like mental miracle. You know, um, I didn't, the jihad part of the book was like really confusing to me. <laughs> It seemed like Paul desperately tried to like avoid it at all costs and right. saw it as inevitable. And I don't, I didn't really remember like how that tied in with the breeding program. To me, I thought they were just, that was just another part of them 
you know, trying to gain this control that they have by, because the Bunny Jesserits are all women, right? And there's like this portion of the psyche that they don't have access to. And any male that has tried to access it in the past died. So to me, it was just a power play, really. Yeah, they're they're trying to breed this ultimate person that can have, you know, this mental capabilities. Like, they call it witchery. And, like, the freemen think of it as magic. But it's really just training. That's what I really liked about them is they... there's a lot of Eastern influence there. Like when you hear these stories of like the monks who like levitate, you know, and do all these superhuman things, walk on coals and different things like that. That's basically what they have been training to do generation after generation. Um, It's like you said, just meant really strict mental control. Very cool. Mm. Oh, oh, let's talk about our drink real quick. Ah, Yes. You picked it out. You tell us. <laughs> so we we found this amazing blog post, and I shared it in the description of a, a gentleman who's a chemist who came up with this sweet, no, sour tequila, something or other, um, spiced. Yes, it because, had cinnamon bitters in it. Yeah, I was like, I can make my own cinnamon bitters. But I'm like, oh, okay, I need time and stuff. I'm like, yeah. So instead, I picked out some spiced wine. I was thinking, you know, like maybe a spiced beer because um, Gertie does get drunk off the spiced beer. That that would have been funny, too. But but they the, did have spiced wine, too. Yeah. And then plus the name is Witch's Brew. And so the, the so Lady Jessica was, was basically a witch. So, right. yeah. So I figured it was perfect because I'm like, oh, they call her a witch all the time. I'm like, oh, and it's spicy. I'm like, yes. All right. Perfect. Couldn't it be more perfect. Spiced Witch's Brew. <clears throat> yeah. And it is very delicious. And I think it's local too, isn't it? The, that one? Maybe not. I don't know. I don't mm. remember what I bought. Yeah. Here, let me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All. Yep. Yep. It's a Michigan one. Yep. Woohoo. So, my next question to you is <clears throat> The Freemen are a very patriarchal society with strong rules about how men, women, and children should behave. Throughout their novel, their rules of society changed. Do you feel this was for the better or the worse of the Freeman people? Well, I feel like mm-hmm. the strength of the Freeman was diminished throughout the novel. And I think that their strength came from their great suffering. Oh. And they had those, um, those strict traditions in place for their survival, it right? It kept them hidden. It kept right. them safe. And... So, although I feel like their strength was diminished, I feel like as a society, their lives were made a little bit easier, which was, you know, good, right? Right. So, it's kind of a toss-up. It's like, you know, part of me feels bad that this strength, this big, this culture is like lost after, you know so many generations of changing and everything. But at the time, everything was so hard for them. You know, they didn't really have a choice. They didn't have a chance to evolve because they were just simply surviving. Right, right. Yeah, yeah they were cool. I liked them a lot, too. Oh, they were very interesting. Yes. 
I'm sorry, I'm getting over a cold. Um, they were very interesting. I like um, their power structure was um, was very male dominated, but the women still had a huge influence. Right, and they were respected. The women were respected. Right, and I liked how they were so mysterious. Like they when they first when the Atreides first get to to Arrakis, they think. There's maybe, you know, tens of thousands of them, and there's, like, millions of them. Millions. They yeah. I have no idea. It's crazy. I have no idea. <clears throat> Paul and Jessica take advantage of the Freeman's religion to secure themselves safely in Freeman society. Paul is able to use his Bene Gesserit and Mintant training, along with the psychotropic spice Melange, to peer into the new future. He is concerned that this will lead to a jihad, yet despite realizing he can choose his own choices, he continues to make choices that head towards jihad and the end of humankind. Do you feel that Paul was relying on these visions too heavily and not using enough of his training to avoid the jihad he feared? How do you think he came to the decision that avoided war? Well, because I've read ahead, <laughs> he ultimately he did not avoid the jihad. And he, this whole book at the end, and I think that's why a lot of it was so confusing, um, he knew he couldn't from the beginning because he could see all these possible futures. There were certain things that he wasn't willing to do and so, or sacrifice. So there was no other potential future and like he knew it, you know? So he basically locked himself into that future timeline. Now the Bene Gesserit, and the the religion where they they long ago prepared for any Benny Gesserit woman who happened to land on Arrakis would be safe in that society because they they the plant planted. these mystical stories they they invent these religions to me oh my gosh maniacal prepared for any future bid for power um, the author, I think, in this really made religion like a tool for power and nothing more. Right. Yeah. Right. It was yeah. almost like they're using this implanted religion to take advantage of them. Exactly. And it really diminishes, um, I the think. The Freeman Society overall. Definitely. Yeah. But also yeah. as a reader, it kind of is like poking fun at anybody's religious beliefs. I feel like it's a huge statement that this is all made up. Yeah. Yeah. That was like big, big for me in the book. I felt that too. I felt yeah. that it was not really um, like a, a true spirituality. It was a means to an end. And they took it and, and they, but the characters, even the ones who knew, like even Jessica takes advantage of this way being prepared for her, but also participates, and it seems like genuinely so. You know what I mean? Like... But, yeah, she becomes... Yeah. She the, takes her role as their reverend mother, mother or whatever pretty seriously, seriously and... But she was a, she felt she was a, a Bene Gesserit Reverend Mother, not a Reverend Mother for the Freeman. That's true, too. And there's a difference there. Yeah, that's yeah. true, too. So she was like, oh, I'm a true Reverend Mother now. And, like, oh... Her daughter. Oh my gosh. So creepy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So can we just say that what produced the daughter and the, I mean, 
this yeah, author yeah. must have done some serious psychedelic drugs. Well, I mean, have. it was like the early 60s when he wrote yeah. it, so definitely. Yeah. There's a lot of drugs out there. Yeah. So basically, Jessica was pregnant while she goes through this ceremony, which reminded me a lot of like an ayahuasca ceremony or something with like this traditional spiritual psychedelic medicine that like a shaman would use. Yes. And yes. she did it while she was pregnant. So it not only gave her an awakening, but also gave her daughter like full consciousness from the womb and like memories of all of her every past single, ancestors. Yeah, every every single Benny Dresser before her, yeah. all that knowledge was passed forward. Yeah, it was, yeah. she was a very creepy child. She was born without having her own personality mm-hmm. and was never able to grow up and become a person of her own. So she's just this creepy little person that freaks everyone out. Yeah. And the first time I read the book, I really couldn't stand her at all. Mm. And the second time, I felt much more um, gentle towards yes. her. Yeah. I, I felt like, a little oh, sorry for her, too. Mm-hmm. I was like, this wasn't your fault. Your mother is a crazy-ass bitch. <laughs> and she's... Well, but she also felt she didn't have a choice. She was doing that mm. for her survival at the time, too, right. and, in like, that society. The Reverend Mother was dying. This was the only opportunity. She Otherwise, they would have killed her. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. she was like, oh, we got to do this. And, yeah. well, sorry. So they there's turned out a little freak. Oops. Yeah. There's a <laughs> lot of this um, where you know something bad is going to happen, but you can't stop it. That's right. also a big theme in the book for a lot of the characters yeah 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 her try destiny you know, yeah yeah wild that takes away that sort of um choice that we have right right oh, i'm a strong believer in that another strong theme in the novel is ecology duke leto plans to use desert power as a tool instead of fighting against the desert Overall, was the author's play of ecology versus religion successful at what he wanted to accomplish? Well, I got the idea from the book that transforming Dune in, well, first of all, it was a dream because the Fremen people, they suffered so much and that the idea of rain and like bodies of water, those were like religiously significant to them. It was just unimaginable for them. But I do feel get the feeling that the author was against making a planet into something that it wasn't. That I got a more of a feel that like what is nature to an area should be preserved and not changed. I got the feeling that he didn't feel like it would be a good idea to to meddle. <laughs> but I don't know, that could be just me. So in in the 1960s, ecology was a new field of study, and I read that um, the author, Frank Herbert, went to some dunes in Oregon and was inspired by the dunes there to write the planet Arrakis. Wild. Yeah. If only I could do that. Right, right. And I was like, well, then did he head up to Seattle for Caledon, which was the rain planet? I mean, like, was this Oh my gosh, how did, that makes Northwest? total sense. <laughs> 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 I'm like, we never really hear about much of the other planets. Oh, there's a desert planet and a rain planet. Okay, well, what about in between? Is there any in-betweens? <laughs> I don't know. So my last questions are, 
How did the film live up to the book? Well, the 2021 film. Yes, I haven't seen the original film. Oh, gosh, it's terrible. <laughs> well, it's just a little bit creepy because, like, in this film, Paul is definitely a kid. Like, you can tell, oh, he's a teenager, right? Right. Okay, in in the um, the 80s version, he's definitely older. Mm. Like, he's in, like, mid-20s. Like, a lot of the 80s movies were for high school kids. <laughs> <laughs> They're he, like grown men. He was a grown man, yeah. But <laughs> I think it, like it was, it definitely came off more of him being a grown man and not just yeah. some little kid. Which I mean, honestly, if my fifteen-year-old son, well, my my now sixteen-year-old son, that some chick was like, "Ooh, all googly-eyed," had a kid with her, I'd be like, "Hey, knock <laughs> <laughs> it off and stop pretending to be God." Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Times were a little different then on, on that planet, well, far into, far the, future. into the future. Yeah. <laughs> As we evolve and re-evolve and devolve. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, like, not cool, buddy. Not cool. <laughs> I, could, I think that's probably why I identify with Lady Jessica. <laughs> right? <laughs> <clears throat> Was there anything that upset you about the film? Well, I think you and I can both agree on what was upsetting about the film. And that would be Lady Jessica was a little too weepy. Oh my gosh, so much crying. And I did, I did like her as a character in the movie, and I think the actress did a great job. Like right. I would totally believe she was Lady Jessica. She just came off as a little too much of a delicate flower for my liking. I totally agree. Yeah, she's much more badass than that. Than all like, oh, and she did have her badass she, moments. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the one part in the book where she is truly, like, very emotional is when the Duke dies. Right, right. Rightly so. Right. Yeah. And so they kind of... And that's when I was like, oh, Paul, you're such a dick. Because he's like, I wish I could grieve, but I can't. And she's over there like, oh, I'm so sad. Well, yeah, but he was, like, in the middle of, like, a spice trip right, <laughs> at right. the moment. Yeah, that's true. He was all high. He was all like, oh, I'm all hopped up on drugs. But all in all, I thought the movie was so great. Like, I loved how they portrayed the voice, which the voice, right, right. like you said, it's not, like, something magical. It's just, like using your training and in like intuiting what you see in other people into how to make your voice like they talk a lot about the pitch right like the pitch is like important because then it can like control people but i thought the movie did a great portrayal of it like super fun i loved that part oh it did so i'm watching this with my 13 year old and he was like oh they have this in star wars oh they have this in Star Wars. And, oh, that's in Star Wars, too. Oh, just like Star Wars. And I will give credit to him. Star Wars has a lot more action. There's a lot more going on. The movie is very slow. And I was like, yeah, there's not a lot that happens in this two hours and 45 minutes. Right. <laughs> well, and I I saw the movie twice, right? So the first time I read Dune, we're not going to count that because I was literally so confused. I didn't even really know what was happening. Then I saw the new movie, and then I read Dune, and then I watched the new movie. So I feel like the second time I watched the movie, like, it was riveting to me. And, and I had just finished the book and then watched the movie, so I thought it was great. I'm 
so excited for the next one. <laughs> the next one will be very exciting because there's a lot that goes on. So <clears throat> my super nerdy Dune friend um, had, when I did the this for book club four years ago, mm -hmm. um, he, he had me watch the original 1980s movie. There was a miniseries done on the sci-fi channel. Um, I watched that. I read the book. And then <clears throat> this movie... Way better than the other ones, I think. Right. Yeah. Um, and the um, it's just very visually pretty. It's it just is. very pretty. It's a very pretty movie. Yes. And the only um, the only hiccup I felt was that the uh, ecology doctor of the planet, who's hired by the um, the empire, emperor. the emperor, mm -hmm. um, was portrayed as a woman. In the movie, in the Freeman Society, I don't think that would really flow. And I also thought, because she, she, he in the book was almost like a religious figure. Right. Because he was planting these dreams of this, this, Iraq, this dune with water. Water. Right? right. And also, Paul's, the love of his life, Chani, it was her father. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering, is that going to be Chani's mother? Like, why did they make that change? Right. That Yeah. that I was with you on that. That was also like a, hmm, mm -hmm. what is up with that? Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like the movie did, um, it gave you a feel, especially when they're in, like, their house, like the big great halls and... Um, gave you a real sense of what it would have felt like to be there. So, yeah. 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 So my favorite scene of the movie is when Lady Jessica enters the, um, the atrium with all the plants and all the water, and she's just, like, over, like, mystified at how much money this must cost and how much money went into making this and maintaining it. I was like, oh, yeah, uh -huh. that's just crazy. Let's just go ahead and... You know, put a greenhouse on a desert. <laughs> That's funny because my favorite part was when her and Paul are in the thropter and they whip those guys' butts <laughs> and get free. <laughs> I was like, yes, use the voice. She's like, kill him. <laughs> it was really cool. <laughs> I mean, most of the movie is super slow, but like, I don't... I don't do violence well. It, it, it makes me like, ugh, queasy. You know, I, I'm with you there, but in movies where it's like this, like a fantasy type of movie where it's not real violence, it doesn't bother me in books or in movies. But you know, there are some of those movies that is like way too much like real life and it's done way too much like real life and those literally do make me sick. But... When it's something like this where I, it doesn't feel real to me, it feels like a fantasy that doesn't bother me. Oh, see, I, I, I become emotionally attached to fictional people. <laughs> oh, yeah, I do too. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Or, oh, yay. Oh. But they were bad guys. They deserved the stabby stabby. <laughs> they did deserve the stabby stabby. And I was like, oh. So much, uh Yeah. I'm, like, in, like, this real, like, dune pothole right now. I can't see myself out of it. I'm on the fourth book. 
And it is true. I've found that in books, like once you get past the third book, it kind of tends to go downhill from there. I don't know that this is the fourth book. I'm not like I like it, but I'm not really totally invested in it. So I'm I'm curious to get to some of the further books that are like about the Mentats and the Benny Jesseret and like the different things like that and see how it goes. Um, but so yeah. I heard um, the sun becomes wormy. Yes, yes. Paul has twins. Uh-huh. Now, and see, that's the cool part, how we said that there was certain things that Paul wasn't willing to do to avoid the jihad. Well, the son was willing to do them, and they're atrocious, which oh. is him giving up his humanity and, like, becoming this, basically, a worm, one of the sandworms. It's wild. Totally <laughs> a wild ride. Makes no sense. But for some reason, I can't stop. <laughs> when I heard that, I was like, and you like this series? And they're like, uh, why are you asking it like that? I'm like, oh, I'm just curious because it seems like a very unusual storyline. Uh, I will say that my favorite um, is the Children of Dune. Like, Dune was good. Dune Messiah was, eh, it was okay. Children of Dune, I thought was fantastic. That was probably my favorite one. And then which one are you on now? I am on the lore, like the God Emperor, mm. Dune, the God Emperor something. The God Emperor. I think it's just the God Emperor. Yeah. Yeah, I went to the library to check out the uh, actual Dune book, mm -hmm. and uh, I was horrified at how many were on the shelf. I'm like, good God. But I don't know which one to choose. Ah, oh, here it is. Just Dune. But they don't have the second or the third. I had to get, I had to order those. Oh, jeez. I know. Our library, bless their heart. I mean, I know people steal books, but they hardly ever have a complete series. <laughs> True story. And, like, um, sometimes they have some online, but they're like, oh, we're going to have one, three, and five. Right. You're like, no. Why? Why would you do this to us readers? Please stop the nonsense. Yeah. All right. Any parting thoughts? No parting thought. Oh, oh, I guess my only parting thought is we forgot to mention how cool their eyes are. Oh. Because okay. of the spice, their eyes are completely blue. Even the whites of their eyes are blue. And I just thought that was really fantastic. They did it a little more subtly in the movie. I like the more subtle. Yeah. The the dark blue is a little bit too creepy for me. I was like, yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Definitely more subtle in the movie. <laughs> it was like, I was expecting a lot worse. And I was like, I go, yeah, this one's better. <laughs> yeah. But all in all, I, I'm, I'm pleased that I gave it a second chance. So I think I learned a big lesson for doing this book to movie for our podcast is that, you know, give something a second chance. You may have changed as a person. You may have learned things since the first time you tried to read it. I'm glad I did. Yay. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Woohoo. Bye, everybody. We'll see you next month.